This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dustin McAdams. Thank you for joining me today. And today we are going to talk about cannabis for dogs. Does that mean pot for dogs? Well, kind of, but not exactly. The cannabis that is used for dogs is hemp-based, not marijuana. And for some time, hemp was illegal in the U.S. because it got lumped in with a lot of other forms of cannabis. But today you see, of course, hemp seed products in stores everywhere around you, from skincare products, healthy foods, drinks, supplements, etc. But the hemp that's used for therapeutic benefits for your dog isn't exactly the kind that's on the shelves of your local market. The hemp that's used for dogs is a whole herb cannabis. So a little background on this might help. Marijuana and hemp both come from the plant cannabis sativa. The cannabis plant has over 60 chemicals called cannabinoids. There are two main types of cannabinoids commonly referred to as CBD and THC. I'll spare you my attempt to pronounce the official names. CBDs are the therapeutic cannabinoids, while THC is the cannabinoid that gets you stoned. Marijuana's THC content can range anywhere from 10% to much more, depending on what you get and where you get it. And in contrast, the hemp plant has a THC content of less than half a percent. So it's non-intoxicating for both us and for dogs. Hemp, however, is much higher in CBD, which is the substance that provides the therapeutic effects. So with me today to talk about all this is an expert, Juliana Carella, CEO and founder of Treatables, a hemp wellness nutraceutical company for pets. In 2013, she launched Treatables, which now features a full line of products, including chews, dropper bottles, and gel caps. All the products are human grade and contain quantified amounts of cannabinoids sourced and extracted from medicinal grade hemp grown in Colorado. You can find more about her and Treatables at treatables.com. It's T-R-E-A-T-I-B-L-E-S.com. We'll be right back to talk with Juliana after these messages. Love to spoil your dog, but no time to shop? Well, check out PupJoy.com. Dog parents are raving about them. They deliver amazing boxes of treats and toys directly to your door. Premium goodies from indie brands, all customized to your dog's unique needs. So you can relax and spend more time on important things like couch cuddles and belly rubs. Get personalized boxes of joy for your pup. Plus, built-in support for animal rescue, all for less than you'd pay at the store. Save $10 on your first order today. Go to pupjoy.com, customize your plan, and enter Pets Mean Business at checkout. P-U-P-J-O-Y dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio. With us now is Juliana Carella, CEO and founder of Treatables. Hey, Juliana, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Pleasure to have you. This is a very interesting topic and one I hear more and more about these days. So first, tell us a little bit about the background and the origin of Treatables, and then we'll get into some of the fun uh, education that you can provide the audience. Okay, sounds good. 
So we started Treatables in uh, 2013, largely because the patients in California that we're using are human edible products that are infused with THC and CBD. They actually started to ask us questions like, hey, can I give this savory pretzel to my dog? Or can I give a piece of caramel corn to my cat? And just witnessing, you know, the level of toxicity that we'd seen with dogs getting into, you know, their human companions edibles, this sort of triggered the idea that we needed to figure out which compounds in this plant are appropriate for animals, how they differ from what we might give humans, and actually provide a product for pet owners that they can use without any concern for um, THC toxicity. And and the thing about THC, just to, to elaborate a little bit on what you said earlier, THC is psychoactive. And um, I know that we've sort of come to a point in history where we're identifying CBD as the so-called therapeutic cannabinoid. But THC actually has therapeutic value as well. It's a fantastic analgesic. It's just that, unfortunately, small, small doses of THC can be toxic, especially to dogs. And so what we really set out to do with the Treatables product line is to create a product with the cannabinoid profile that we thought was appropriate for animals. And that's actually quite different than what we would suggest humans to use. Gotcha. That's helpful. Makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. So how does CBD work? And specifically, how does it work to benefit dogs? So CBD is one of many um, therapeutic cannabinoids that come from cannabis and hemp. And um, it just happens to have what I think is the longest list of therapeutic value. Um, but there's, there's other chemicals in our product that come from the plant that are also therapeutic and they have different uses. You know, every animal that's suffering, whether it's from anxiety or arthritis or seizures, you know, all of these different animals have different deficiencies happening within their endocannabinoid systems. And when we give these animals a combination of these therapeutic cannabinoids that are actually non-psychoactive, it can have a profound effect for many conditions. But really what's happening is the receptor system of these animals, because all animals have an endocannabinoid system, just like humans do, the receptors are really wide open to receive the therapeutic benefits of these cannabinoids when they enter the system. You know, the thinking is that our endocannabinoid system creates these chemicals inside us, but when we are deficient, when we can't create enough cannabinoids for our receptor system to bind with, that's when it's appropriate to take in cannabinoids from the outside. And in, in the case of treatables, this would be in the form of phytocannabinoids. So we're really, we're addressing what is considered by scientists to be an endocannabinoid deficiency within animals. It's really interesting science behind it. A couple questions on that. What are typically the conditions within a dog that may lead them to a state of deficiency? And I guess, secondly, what are, what are the major symptoms that you see dog owners turning to this class of products for? Sure. That's a great question. That's a question we get a lot. And I just want to start off by saying that, you know, we're not veterinarians. We have, you know, created this product because the demand was there and, and we know that CBD and these other chemicals in the product are safe and non-toxic, but we also feel that a lot of research still needs to be done. So we really feel like we've just scratched the surface. Um, there's a lot of questions that are still unanswered and a lot of that information that answers those questions actually comes from our customers that give us feedback. So that said, I just wanted to frame you know, the rest of the interview with that in mind yeah. that need more research. And there's a lot that we know, but we still 
need more research. And um, some of the things that customers report back to us, typically what happens is we get anywhere from, you know, three to seven or eight reviews a day coming from our website. So these are customers that have purchased the product, used it, and reported back to us. And you can go on our website and see all those reviews and testimonials. But essentially, um, there's patterns that we're seeing. And one of the things we hear often is, you know, my elderly dog is acting like a puppy again. His hip dysplasia has subsided. His arthritis has subsided. He's generally moving better. His mobility has increased. He appears to be happier. He's sleeping better. He's not as anxious. He doesn't freak out when people come to the door. These are all great uses of treatables with anxiety probably being the number one reason for customers purchasing this product. The second group would be, you know, the joint issues, the inflammation and pain. And then the third largest group of customers of ours would be elderly animals, lots of elderly animals using our product. We feel it's a fantastic product for end of life stage, hospice care, all of those things, just easing the pain and inflammation, easing their anxiety, easing anything else that might be keeping them up at night. All of those are are great applications for treatables. And then we are seeing some really profound results with um, animals that have seizures and animals that have cancer. Again, we're looking at very deep acting remedies here in these products, and um, they work on a very deep level within the animal's, you know, constitution. So are dogs typically more or less or equally sensitive, receptive to the benefits and effects compared to humans? Dogs are by far the most sensitive animal on earth to cannabinoids, and that's because they actually have the most receptors in their body and their brain. So all animals seem to generally be more sensitive than humans. When you look at the dosage requirements for humans compared with other animals, you know, it's pretty, pretty large. Like, you know, most humans are taking 50 to maybe 200 milligrams of CBD a day. But, you know, a 100 pound dog only needs about 10 milligrams, 10 to 20 milligrams per dose. So we think this is, again, this is another thing. We'd love to see more research, but we think this is because dogs have a plethora of receptors throughout their brain and body. I mean, they've even identified receptors in the hair follicles, salivary glands. I mean, it just seems to be everywhere throughout their body and their brain. And that in and of itself makes them more sensitive. So you mentioned dosing. If someone is Someone is trying this for their dog. What are good sources for customers to know how much to dose, what's appropriate, and how to test that? So we suggest one milligram for every 10 pounds, um, and we arrived at that due to extensive research and information that we solicited from our customers. So early on when we were developing the product, the first 2,500 bags that we sold had a feedback postcard on it. And it basically asked questions like how many milligrams did you give your animal? What condition were you hoping to address? How many pounds is your animal? How many doses did you give? And across the board, what we saw is that very low doses were having pretty profound effects. And it seemed to be around one milligram for every 10 pounds. Of course, there's zero toxicity level to the product. So if 
you give too much, there's not going to be any side effects. But because these products are costly to make, and of course, you know, folks are trying to extend the bag of chews or the droppers as much as they can, they typically will use less because of that issue. And and that's where we really, it really became new information for us. That, oh, wow, these dogs are responding fantastically to really low doses. Now we've talked to cat owners and rabbit owners and, and other animals that tend to need maybe a little bit more than that. Every animal is going to be different, but we find that starting low is a great place to start. And if the pet owner is not seeing the results that they want, that's a good indication to bump up the dose or bump up the number of doses throughout the day. Gotcha. So in full disclosure, I actually, my elder dog, who is about eight, has actually been taking it for about 30 days. So if someone is in, in my boat, and hers specifically, she's got her front, one of her front elbows, she had a bit of a limp, and just as she ages um, genetically, you know, she's going to have some issues with it. So for someone in my shoes who's, you know, testing it out with the dog, especially in um, like a joint issue, what should a consumer expect in terms of when do they start seeing effects? When do the effects kind of maximize and take full effect with a dog? Good question. So we suggest one milligram for every 10 pounds and basically all of our products can be dosed out accordingly. So say your dog is 80 pounds, you would be giving around eight milligrams per dose. And then we would suggest, you know, give anywhere from three to six doses a day. And then from there, observe. We really, really stress this a lot because we know that every animal is different and because a lot of this information is still unknown. The parts that we know are that it's safe and non-toxic. So at least we can proceed with observing our animals in a way that they're going to tell us when they need the next dose. So often what happens, especially with the case of an animal with joint issues and mobility issues, typically what happens is the pet owner gives the dose of the product to the animal and then they'll see some results within 15 to 30 minutes. Now that animal that may have had a limp prior could possibly stop having a limp. And then maybe three or four hours later, okay, now we see the limp coming back. So it looks like the medicine wore off and it's time for another dose. And then what happens is the pet owner starts to recognize the pattern. Okay, it looks like my dog needs this every four hours. So I'm just going to get ahead of it and give it at three hours. And so that there's no drop in that efficacy and there's no return of symptoms. But we also have customers that are giving this product to their animal once a day and with great results. So again, we're asking the pet owner to observe their animal. They know their animal better than anybody. And they're the ones that decide, okay, it's time for another dose, or maybe we don't need to give another dose until tomorrow. Gotcha. That's great information. Honestly, personally helpful too. And if it helps at all as a data point of one, um, my dog does seem to be moving a little better after she's been on it. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. So Did you notice anything else happen as well? Nothing else observable with her, but she really didn't have a lot of other ailments. Um, she does get a little anxious firework time in the summer, but uh, this time of year, there's no thunderstorms or uh, fireworks to, to give her much anxiety. But it'll be interesting to, um, to see if she does better when we get into that time of the year. Sure. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk more with Juliana after a few messages from our sponsors. Do you own a pet care business? Do you need help training and retaining your staff? Fetch Find Monthly Pro is the perfect platform for you. Fetch Find Monthly Pro is a monthly subscription with unlimited users, no contracts, and fresh content every week. 
With increased employee engagement, higher customer satisfaction, and lower risk and liability, FetchFind Monthly Pro pays for itself. And you can completely customize the training materials based on your company's needs. Head over to www.fetchfind.com to learn more and subscribe today. That's F-E-T-C-H-F-I-N-D.com. My Golden Retriever Sundance is a lot more playful now. She has more pep and energy. Tons of energy. Happy the rescue dog is happy the healthy dog. Petey is having fun again. He's got a shiny coat and a good healthy weight. Molly's been having four scoops a day. She pushes her little bowl all the way across the room, emptying every last single crumb. She has slimmed down and gotten this puppy look. She's got life. She's got energy. We get asked all the time when we're at shows, how do you get your dog so healthy and shiny and glossy? D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. Just feed your dog right. Do the Dynavite. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O. V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We're back with Juliana Carella, CEO of Treatables, talking about CBD products. So... Where we left off, Juliana, I think it was on some of the benefits that folks are seeing um, and using some of these products on pets and a little of the science behind it. Um, let's turn a little bit into kind of what it is, where it comes from, how it's manufactured. So first question on that is, how is CBD grown and processed? Well, there's many different ways that it's grown and processed. We've identified a very specific cultivation process that works really well for our product line. And uh, what it is, is it's basically sort of a hybrid, I guess you could say, between cannabis and hemp in that it has this full cannabinoid profile minus the THC. And this was basically accomplished by scientists and cultivators that were looking to create a product that was CBD rich that could be shipped across state lines and was not necessarily classified as cannabis because as you know, cannabis has, you know, stricter, there's stricter restrictions around how cannabis products can be extracted and infused and then sold as infused products. So we needed to switch to a hemp-based product for the ease of being able to provide the product across the country to all animals. So really what this product is, it's made from hemp-derived CBD. And as I mentioned, this really looks more like a cannabis plant because the cannabinoid profile shows all those rich cannabinoids that you find in a cannabis plant. Industrial hemp tends to have very low levels of all cannabinoids, even low levels of CBD. But the problem is if we were to extract these phytocannabinoids from the cannabis plant, the THC content would just be too high to include in an animal product. So it was necessary for us to switch to the hemp, but we are strong believers 
believers in what is called the entourage effect. And what that is, is that all of these cannabinoids, when working together for a person or an animal, they're going to work more efficiently together than if they're isolated. So when we give an animal just CBD, we might see some great results, but we're going to see better results if we give an animal a full plant extract, meaning it's got CBD, maybe CBN, CBDA, CBDV, all those other cannabinoids that have health benefits, and they seem to work better together than when given alone. Gotcha. So there's today's learnings for for anybody that wants to impress their friends at uh, the next cocktail party, the entourage effect. (laughs) <laughs> thank, thank you. That was actually a great explanation of it. So folks go and look this up. They're going to see a lot of acronym terms like CBD and PCR. Those are at least two labels you find commonly. So we've talked about CBD a little bit. What does PCR stand for and how are the two different if they are? Sure. So CBD is the actual acronym given to cannabidiol. All of the cannabinoids from hemp and cannabis have a three or four letter acronym associated with them because they all have like a lot of syllables and (laughs) a mouthful to get out. So (laughs) so, uh, CBD is really just an abbreviation. Now, those of us in the industry that are recognizing some of the legal issues that are coming up with CBD, along with the fact that we wanted to convey that this product actually has more than just CBD in it. Switching to a term which is PCR, that's basically the new verbiage. Um, PCR means uh, phytocannabinoid rich. So our PCR oil is not just CBD rich, but it has CBDA, CBDV, it has these other cannabinoids. So it just made sense to make that change to PCR oil instead of just calling out CBD. Gotcha. It makes perfect sense. So you mentioned the legal issues, and I'm sure I'm sure you get a range of perceptions on this from folks that are very educated to the perceptions of like, is this weed for my dogs? So what is the legal backdrop in current state? Sure. Well, I mean, we're talking about chemicals that have a very unique place in history that unfortunately, because of how this country has dealt with cannabis over the last 75 plus years, starting with this product being recognized as a Schedule I narcotic. So cannabis still sits on the Controlled Substance Act as a Schedule I narcotic. Everybody in the world knows that this is ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, you know, unfortunately, there's reasons for its placement as a Schedule One narcotic. And obviously, everybody that's involved in this industry is looking to see that get changed. But in the meantime, what it's done is it's, it's essentially restricted all research into cannabinoids. So if it's a Schedule One narcotic, it is deemed as harmful. It's deemed as not having any medical value at all and is therefore blocked from research. Well, I don't know of any other substance on earth that has this profound of an effect to a person or an animal's health and wellness that is still considered partially illegal Mm -hmm. on a federal level. So obviously, we'd love to see some change here. And, you know, when people complain, oh, well, there's not enough research, we need more research. Well, we're not going to get much more research until we deschedule cannabis. And sadly, what's happened when you look at the timeline and the history of all this, CBD 
was discovered or at least became largely well-known in the public's mind after cannabis was placed on the Controlled Substance Act. So now what we have is a completely non-psychoactive substance with profound medical value has by default become a Schedule One narcotic. And that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't disagree with you on that. And I appreciate the background on it. Do you see the traction across the U.S. with legalization of both medical and recreational marijuana? Do you see that opening up a lot of future opportunities for where this class of, I don't want to call it a drug, I'm probably putting the wrong label, but class of substances becomes more readily available and better tested for therapeutic and medicinal purposes? One would think that you know, <laughs> the expansion of medical cannabis laws would lead to the federal government actually rethinking this. But those two don't seem to be going hand in hand. But what's mm. happening instead, which is probably counterproductive to what the federal government actually wants to happen, is they're simply strengthening the medical cannabis movement and Keeping this federally illegal while it's legal on the state level has created all kinds of confusion, and it hasn't necessarily moved the needle on research, because as long as we've got cannabis as a Schedule One narcotic federally, that means they can restrict banking, they can restrict research, they can restrict interstate commerce. There's all kinds of restrictions that come with that classification. So our biggest hope of all the things that we'd like to see change, the biggest change that needs to happen is removing it from the Controlled Substance Act, not just for the sake of CBD, but so that we can study all of the cannabinoids and we can study them on all species. There's so many questions we still don't have answered and we keep hitting roadblocks with research because of this federal classification, not to mention how difficult it is for businesses like ours and others to do banking. I mean, we've had so many challenges with regard to that and it's, it's absurd that we have to go through this when we're simply trying to make our animals feel better with a completely safe and non-toxic substance that is grown on earth and has been used by mankind and their animals for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. I can only imagine being on your side of the fence, some of the challenges you guys have. What about messaging? I mean, you're a product company, you have to market, you have to message to folks. What type of restrictions do you guys have with this class of products that you have to be sensitive to? Well, we can't make any claims at all, which is tricky because we get reviews, you know, all day long about how effective the product is on all these different conditions. And yet we can't really provide that information on our website. The FDA would not allow it. We cannot make claims about any substance that hasn't gone through proper FDA trials. Mm -hmm. So if you look at our website, we've pared down substantially on that information out of necessity and for remaining compliant. It's not the way we want to go, but it's the way we have to go. And our intention is to stay in business because at this point, we've got hundreds of thousands of animals across the world using our product, not just to you know help with the occasional anxiety. We're talking about animals with severe anxiety, severe health conditions that are being treated successfully with our product. And our intention is to keep going forever because these animals need us. Gotcha. And if anybody didn't catch the website in the opening, it's treatables.com. Even if you're just interested in the subject, there's some good information out there. It's T-R-E-E-A-T-I-B 
treatibles.com. So treatibles.com. So I want to appreciate it, Julian. I, I, it's a wealth of really good information. I think this is a subject that people hear about a lot, but aren't typically not nearly as well-versed on all the ins and outs that you covered. So I really appreciate you covering all that. Kind of last topic. I know you guys do some give back with the community. Talk about that, what you guys do and kind of where the passion is for the philanthropic side of what you guys do. Well, you know, with our product line, the animals that need it most are the ones that are the most vulnerable. And in this case, it's, you know, it's often animals that have been abandoned. They're rescues that are sitting in a a facility trying to find their forever home. Animals with health problems and high anxiety that could possibly be keeping them from being adopted and finding their forever home. So early on, we have been partnered with many rescues here in California uh, to start just uh, working with the Milo Foundation and a, a number of other ones who've been using our product for years now. And they get a lot of success calming these animals down, helping with their health conditions. And in turn, that helps find their forever home. Mm-hmm. And then we got a phone call from the folks at the Villalobos Rescue Center from the TV show Pitbulls and Parolees a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. And they asked us if they thought our product would help the animals in Louisiana when the thunderstorms hit. And of course, we thought our product would be great for your animals. Let's send you some products. So after we sent them the first round of product, they gave it to their hundreds of pit bulls that are in their facility. And, um, you know, they saw some great results with their anxiety levels during their thunderstorms, but they also found great results with other health problems that those dogs are suffering with. So about a year ago, we teamed up with the Villalobos Rescue Center and basically created a product which is really a tribute to one of the main dogs on the show. His name is Tater Tot. He's mm-hmm. a sweet pit bull. <laughs> He's cute. He loves his sweet potato. So we made a sweet potato treatable just for him. And for every bag that's sold, we're donating a dollar back to the Villalobos Rescue Center. It's our goal to sell at least 10,000 bags a month so that we can cut them a check for 10 grand a month and help them not only treat these animals with our product, but also help them with their veterinary bills. They spend about $500,000 a year on vet bills. So we wanted to help them with the vet bills and also just help these animals find their forever home. And the best way to do that is to alleviate their pain and suffering and their anxiety. I think that's awesome. And I am, I'm a big fan of them. I'm a big fan of their show. I think they do some great work and I'm thrilled to see you guys teamed up with them in this way. I think it's awesome. Thank you. It's really exciting. Well, with that, I would like to thank you very much. I think this has been an extremely informative, very informative talk for me personally. And I think probably for a lot of people listening. If someone wants to reach out to you with any follow-up questions, because I have to imagine based on the ground we covered, some people may have follow-ups. What's the best way to reach you? They can uh, reach me at uh, juliana at treatables.com and I'll spell it out. It's J-U-L-I-A-N-N-A at T-R-E-A-T-I-B-L-E-S.com. I'm happy to answer any questions anybody might have. That is wonderful. So with that, I would like to thank you very much. And of course, thank my amazing producer, Mark Winter, for making the show possible. As always, you can reach me by email, Dustin at PupJoy.com. That's P-U-P-J-O-Y.com. At PupJoy on all major social media and online at PupJoy.com. So my friends, happy tales to you until we meet again. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>